0: Good
1: morning, everybody. I'm Mark Tucker, and I'm Alan Furstenberg, and we are two voice devs. Two voice devs. How's it been going, Mark? Oh, it's been
0: it's been good. It's been busy uh, weekend. Um, I hear you.
1: Busy weekend.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm. How you doing, by the way? <laughs> it's a lot going on?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot going on. Uh, I I keep myself grounded by by coding, so that's one way that I help. Uh, Smooth out the stressors in my life is by by diving into some code,
0: which is strangely enough a different kind of stress at times. If you're trying to debug something, or... that's very true.
1: You know, it, it doesn't <laughs> it, it doesn't always work, but um, it's very much one way that I have to help uh, help help ground me, help 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 me focus on something that I really enjoy.
0: Yeah, um, I, and I do that, too. I, I don't know why. I guess maybe it, uh, it's a, a situation where I'm in control, I guess, of, of my destiny, maybe.
1: <laughs> that's, and, uh, that's an interesting way to put it. Yeah, and, and again, that doesn't work out so well when you're trying to debug. But
0: uh, that happens. Well, I'm, I've started getting into um, interactive canvas a little bit more. Um, you know, SnatchWord is a, a game, which is a candidate for... Interactive Canvas, and I would like to have, you know, be able to show leaderboards and other things. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that you used, uh, are are using Interactive Canvas on, um, on your crossword puzzle, um, Crosstalk, right?
1: Yes, that was one Uh, of the things that I, I designed going into it. I designed it with that in mind, although I think important that we should mention up front that even when you're designing for the Interactive Canvas or, or anything graphical, you can't ignore the voice aspects of it.
0: Yes, no, definitely. It's it. You don't want it to turn into a, um, you know, kind of a voice experience afterthought. You want definitely make sure that it's strong, you know, because people could be using this on a device that doesn't have a display, and you want your um, experience uh, to to stand on its own. So, Mm -hmm. what are even
1: or even they're using it on a display but mm-hmm. not always interacting with the display part of it you know that doesn't yeah. have to always be the primary way you're interacting
0: that's true you should be able to handle both uh, touch and and voice yep on that so what are the candidates um to use interactive canvas I, I i know it started out with being able to be used for just games um so right now it is also just games it is just um, games. There was an announcement though, right? They,
1: they, they've announced that you'll also be able to use interactive canvas for educational skill uh, actions. No, I'm using, doing that. Uh, you'll also be able to use it for educational actions and use it for storytelling actions. And the storytelling actions additionally have the restriction that it needs to be uh, for in the, the family actions program. So those are oh, Okay. Only those need to be available for, uh, or those are, are mostly targeted at younger individuals.
0: So um, something that I found when I was doing it is that I had to make sure that my game, my um, action category, the thing that would show up in the in this uh, the actions directory, or is that yep. what
1: they call it? <laughs> That's what they call it, the actions directory. Yes.
0: <laughs> um, uh, was games in order for me to even have the option to check the box that, uh, interactive canvas was
1: available. Is that, that's, that's correct. Um, so, and if you're using the action builder and you should be, uh, but if you're using the actions SDK, you need to make sure that that field is set in the, the correct YAML file.
0: Okay. Yeah. And what I'm, um, also noticed is that there are so there's two different screen sizes as far as now actually hang on just a second before oh, I forgot
1: be, before I forget about it that, that also does mean that you need to check a box that says you're using the interactive canvas right because one of the really frustrating things that I've seen is that I, I go and develop with the canvas and I'm never told that I'm using a canvas device even though I think I am and it's way down the road that I finally think oh yeah I need to go check that box because if I don't check the box I'm not even told about the fact that I'm on a device that can handle it,
0: oh, that's and that can interesting. get really
1: frustrating. Well,
0: and and so what also I noticed is that um, so I can I could use the the test simulator and it would show the the um, the sample hub if I selected uh, hub as my as my device and I could see the the different mm-hmm. screens, um, and that worked fine. And then I went ahead and I'm like, oh, I wonder what it's going to sound like. Yeah. You know, I just want to make sure it's working on my, my, my normal device. But when I tested it with a, like a Google home device, then it crashed. And I actually have to check to make sure that it supports the canvas um, capability and only return the canvas response. In that case, if I return it when it's not one of those devices, then, then I get problems.
1: Oh, that's interesting. I didn't. I hadn't run into that, and that's because Multivocal, which is what I use, yeah. checks the does that for me, so I don't even to okay. think about that anymore. But no, that that's actually that's interesting and important to note that it it that devices handle it that badly if you do send the uh, the canvas information. Yeah. So um, the other thing that that you might yeah, want to try, since we're talking about when you go and test it, is go ahead and try it on a phone fo- on the, the phone which yes. is one of the other options that you can test it with. And you'll see that the canvas, again, works there. Yeah, and so
0: that's, that's what I was gonna talk about before. So there's two different hub devices, so two different screen sizes, plus your phone also supports interactive canvas in either portrait or landscape mode, right? Yep. So those are, the I think, the things that we need to keep in, in mind as far as when you're serving up assets. And um, yeah, the two. it's pretty easy for the, the two hub devices because they have set screen sizes. Um, and they always, my understanding is they always are in landscape mode. I don't know. I guess somebody could set your device in
1: portrait mode. Yeah. uh, It's a safe assumption today, I think. But, uh, you know, as always, I don't think it's a safe assumption going forward. I don't even think it's a safe assumption to say, you know, right now, a lot of people will say, well, okay, since it's a game, I'll force them to turn their phone into landscape mode and i 'm not sure it 's always a safe assumption to assume that you 'll always be seeing stuff in landscape mode, so uh, important things to think about no that is that is good to to think about um, okay
0: so so uh, figured out where who, where we can use it and the different screen devices um, so what's what 's the minimal you have to do in order to get uh, something to show up for interactive canvas, like even if I just wanted everything to be one. Default screen, the same screen, but have something.
1: So actually, let's let's take a small step back and talk okay, about the inter- and talk about what the interactive canvas is, because I, oh, I know. Yeah. I mean, go well, ahead. you know, we've talked about it on other shows, but you know, yeah. someone's just jumping in now. Um, so so the interactive canvas itself is a way to use screen devices with the Google Assistant, and to have the assistant uh, basically tell that device to go load. An HTML page, and then some basics about how the assistant and the HTML page communicate with each other using, the again, using the infrastructure around voice and around uh, turn-based conversations that we're familiar with. And we'll get to exceptions to that later. Um, but the important point here again is that it's the assistant giving a direction to the screen device about what HTML page to load. And yeah, once, so, you're, once you're loading an HTML page, from there, it's just about anything you can do with Chrome. I mean, it's not quite. There are lots and lots of little exceptions, like you can't right. store cookies, and there's no local storage on the device, and you can't load another, you know, can't link out to another page. Um, but in general, if you think about this as a Chrome browser that's now communicating with the server, it's a good first way to start thinking about it.
0: Yeah. So if so, if we're talking about our basic um, uh, request response, um, you know, the way that we've talked about before with the way these voice assistants work, um, in the end, when you're developing your voice app code, you get a JSON payload as part of the request, which helps you understand what's going on, and you return a JSON payload. As far as what uh, what's what audio is going to play or what uh, text to speech is going to be spoken out by the device, and and all that gets passed back to the device, and and then the device um, you know handles That's that. something. <laughs> um, so now what we're talking about <clears throat> is that there's an additional little piece of information that you can pass in that JSON response, which says, oh, go to this web URL and show this page, and here is some potential you know, here's some um, data that goes with it, I guess optionally.
1: Yep, um, I, I tend to think of that as actually two bits of information. One okay, is the yeah. URL and the other is the chunk of data. And I think of it yeah. as, as two chunks for a reason. And that's because usually you're only going to send the URL once. Yeah. So you,
0: I guess you do have the option of, if it's, I guess, somehow easier for you to code, to send it back, the URL with everyone, but it has to be the exact same URL. You can't change the
1: URL. You can change the URL. You shouldn't, but you can. You shouldn't, Yeah. And, yeah, the reason, we, and the reason why you shouldn't is because that means that then needs to go load another page. Right. So generally these days what we're encouraging people to do, especially since this is like what the, the technology is out there right now is you send back a single URL and that is your single page web app yep. that will handle everything else. So you'll send that URL back exactly once. And that page then handles everything else.
0: Yes, so um, so what that so part of that response payload is the URL, which basically says browser inside of the hub device or on the phone, um, you know, come to the surface and show whatever is in that web URL. Um, yep. And um, so that's that's the you know I guess the server to the client type of communication. But there's also ability to send communications from the web app back to the um, the action uh, and, and send some communication, like I touched this button or, yep. or something like that. So there is some two-way communication and I, and I guess that needs to make a round trip because it would go from then from the client to the server and then you could potentially interact with that and do something and send some more information back down to the client.
1: Right, so the normal mode of interaction, again, is expected to be voice. So in yeah. crosstalk, for example, uh, you will say something and that gets sent to the server and to your webhook just like it does in a voice only system. And the server sends something back, you, including an, an audible response, but also including some additional data. So in crosstalk, that could be, okay, the person is filling in these letters in these squares. Okay. And that's, that's data. That's just another JSON data structure that gets sent back to the JavaScript client that's now running on the page. But in addition to that, we also have the ability to, as you say, handle touch events, because it's a screen, so it can handle touch events, that's fine. Just let you know, and, and that's exactly, that, that part of it is exactly like any other touch events. It's, you literally register touch handlers, you're literally doing stuff that if you're an HTML and JavaScript developer today, you know exactly how to do this. Um, the difference though is once you get that event, what do you do with it? Yeah. And in uh, the interactive canvas world, basically what you do is you're sending a synthetic audio, a, a synthetic message. So you're basically saying if if this button gets pressed, pretend we said this.
0: Okay, all right, um, that's starting to make more sense. So let's talk a little bit about kind of the how to wire this up. So basically you've got an HTML page that's got some, you have to include the the interactive canvas library. Yep. Um, And then you've got some piece of code that, uh, you know, once the page finishes loading, um, then you go ahead and you can register for this on update event. Yes,
1: so uh, once once the code is initialized, you can call your initializer and register for, as you said, what's known as the on update event. And that means that every time that chunk of data that comes back from the server gets sent to you, it treats that as an update and your update handler gets called with that chunk of data. Okay. And then once again, you do whatever you want to do with it.
0: Whatever, yeah, so you can uh, change, the, change the screen, you can start an animation, you can do you know whatever it is that, that you want to do with that. So basically, what's what you would typically do, um, and like, there's there's lots of technologies um, that you can use to do these web pages. Like uh, some of the more popular SPA frameworks are like Vue.js or React or, yep. or you know others. There's lots, lots of others. But there's typically when you change something on the browser URL, then that causes a router to to change and say, oh, I'm going to go to this page, and then you load some component into the the, the layout area of the screen. <laughs> and and you show it, but you're not going to do that with with this type. Of, basically, the on update event is acting as a router. In that case, you could have say if I get this data, then maybe it's saying I want to show this screen. And instead of changing the URL, what you're going to do is then say load that component inside the layout of the of the whole thing. And now you've done a like a code based router change um, to to show what the new page is.
1: Right. You know, and it doesn't always have to be a router. That's true. So, you know, it could be any piece of state that's maintained as, as part of your code since, you know, Vue.js and React are really good at responding to state changes no matter where they occur.
0: Yeah, so, so it could be, yeah, it could be a situation where it does change its page like it's like, oh, I'm on the welcome screen. Now I'm on the get started screen. I'm now on the, uh, you know question screen, right. the answer screen, the, or, the leaderboard even, screen. And you know, yeah. it doesn't
1: it doesn't even have to be as big as changing screens. It could right. just be, you know, if if I said something like, you know, my favorite color is red, yeah. The data that comes back now contains the fact what my favorite color is, so I can change a box
0: red. Change a data uh, value or something, yeah.
1: You know, or if I said, you know, go to dark mode. Okay. Now yeah. it just changes a theme and your entire web app can now react to what the new theme is.
0: Exactly. So these are, okay.
1: are easily, you know, these are, are certainly possible. And I think these are great things to keep in mind as we're going through it. You know, if you think about a storytelling app, for example, saying, you know, go into night mode, go into day mode, yeah. okay, that now changes what the look of your book looks like. Mm-hmm. and. And that's useful and that's something that's outside the storytelling part itself okay
0: all right that makes sense so so on updates uh, pretty simple so that's when we're sending something from the server to the client and we want something to happen right. uh, could be a page a screen change it could it could just be changing something on the screen it could be triggering an animation like uh, like we've said mm-hmm. something that that uh, that we want to happen on the screen um, there is also another um, I guess event that you can you can register for and it's uh, something that has to do with SSML and the mark tag,
1: right? So it's on TTS mark. Okay, which is an unfortunate name to be perfectly honest. Um, (laughs) But basically in in the SSML that we generate, we can include mark tags, which we've talked about a couple of times. I like mark tags. Yeah, Um, for various reasons. Yes. Um, the the nifty thing about them, and, and in normal SSML, if you're listening to it on a speaker, for example, these mark tags don't do anything. okay, But on the hub, when, when running in the interactive canvas, every time it encounters a mark tag in the SSML output, it fires an event, an on SSML mark event. And that event includes the name of the mark, so you can now coordinate things that, you're, that are happening either on the screen or in your code with the audio that is playing. Very handy. And that's really pretty cool in some ways. So there are a couple of marks that are automatically sent. So there's a start mark and an end mark. So you know when it starts talking and ends talking. But any mark that you include will also get fired at the right time. So, one of, so if we think about a, um, a storytelling one, for example... Mm-hmm. You can think of including a mark at the beginning of each sentence, and then only making that sentence appear as it's being read, or even every word as it's being read.
0: So you can uh, like highlight it. So if you're if you're trying to to reinforce uh, learning how to read, you could highlight the words as you're
1: you can highlight the words.
0: It. Okay, exactly. Or or if it's t- you're telling a story, you can say and you know and the. Uh, you
1: know. The frog appeared and then suddenly the frog appears.
0: Right. And so it's, you know, it's all still just going to be one SSML, you know, text-to-speech that gets sent back to the to the client, but you could trigger different animations to tell your story or to, to bring things along um, on the screen in relationship to what's what's text is coming back. Exactly. That's cool. I like that.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's a great way to to think about the fact that we're now coordinating what our media is doing. And if you think about it in, in those terms, you want to synchronize your video with your audio. Right. And, and this is a great way that we have to do it.
0: Yeah. Well, it's interesting because like way back when I started and I started looking into SSML as a spec and kind of what was supported and what wasn't supported. I'm like, this is interesting. I read a little bit about the mark tag and I thought, oh, this would be interesting. It was about the same time that the the first echo show came out and i said oh that would be really cool to be able to synchronize things that seems like that would be a good juice for it and it, it turns out exactly that's what it is uh,
1: exactly what it's for yeah <laughs> and it's interesting because otherwise there really isn't a lot of synchronization that's possible so you know right. if we're just playing a 30 second audio i can you know i can know when the audio starts and i can now set a timer on my javascript side and do things at various points in it but there's no other real synchronization that's possible.
0: Yeah, and that gets messy. And, I, and in fact, I'm thinking about it because um, on the Alexa side, the equivalent technology is called Web API for games. Um, interactive Canvas is shorter.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, but, uh, and I hope it won't just be used for games someday.
0: <laughs> I, I, I agree with that. So um, uh, from what little looking into it that I've seen, I, I'm pretty sure that the like the on-update type functionality is 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 fairly similar, but I don't think they have this uh, ability to set marks in your your SSML and be able to synchronize, which is is very handy. I, I know they're doing something like that similar in an APL, but if I'm wanting to do something cross-platform, and if I'm already doing uh, interactive canvas, then I might be able to reuse my whole web app with just a different type of router being listening to um, depending on if it's web API for games or interactive canvas. Um, um, so, but that would be a, a functionality that I don't think is available in that yet.
1: And when you start thinking about combining Mark with the multi-track system that we have in SSML yeah. on, on the Google side, you know, so you've got your audio effects looping in the background and maybe an audio effect about a boot dropping while the narrator is talking.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay,
1: so now you're coordinating the narrator talking about the boot dropping, the boot dropping, the the audio of the boot dropping, and a visual of the boot dropping. Yes. All in three related but different elements.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: That's where it's getting pretty cool and pretty powerful what you can do with it.
0: Yeah, no, I I totally agree. And so, the, what, what it seems like to me then is that, that on Mark, since the TTS and the, I guess the SSML, which is the TTS, which is playing on the client, is running on the client, then it's, it's probably a fairly quick, there's no latency that you have to worry about with the synchronization of the Mark. No, uh, with, certainly with, all, with your web.
1: Yeah, all the tests that I've ever done with it, the two synchronize perfectly. Okay. The, the biggest problems I've seen are when I try to set marks around inaudible things. So if I set a mark around a, two marks are on either side of a period, for example, or on either side of a space, mm-hmm. it can get a little weird about when they get fired.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: But, so, but if you think about tying a mark to something that's audible, I, I haven't seen any lag or, or synchronization issues at all.
0: Okay. All right. So we've talked about how to update um, based on our, uh, just from server to the client or, or, you know, TTS to the client. Um, What about going in the opposite direction? So you, you mentioned being able to um, like when you press a button, maybe it's the start button. It would be the same as if you had said start game or something like that. What, what, um, what, what is, what do you use for that?
1: So that's a library function known as, I believe it's a send text query or something okay. like that, which again is an unfortunate choice of names in some ways. Um, but basically what it does is it, it kind of just does exactly what it says. It makes it seem like to the system that your device said something or that you said something. Okay. And again, this is just during normal prompting events, so it can't be used uh, to kind of trick users. It can't be. There's no really nefarious way to use it. It's (laughs) it's it's mostly meant just as a way to say uh, the user has fired an event, and we are going to represent that event as if they had said it. So you need to think about all your events as being vocalized in some way. So
0: when they're handled on the server, is it just the same as if I had would have said that word? It's exactly the, same, the same. Okay. So there's no additional work on the, on the server side that I would need to do to handle a send text. Nope. It's just like, it's, it's like a suggestion chip.
1: Yes. Right. It's exactly like a suggestion chip.
0: Okay. Excellent. Um, but there's another option too. Um, let's see, I'm looking up the, the, it's set canvas state. So what, right. what is that?
1: So, so that's actually a little confusing. And it took me a while to figure out exactly what it's supposed to do because in some ways it suggests, okay, this is how, if I've made some other changes going on on the screen. So for example, if I'm, uh, if I'm recording the fact that, that two sprites have collided I need some way to now tell the server, "Hey, these two sprites have collided, and you need to do something with that." I don't know what, but you need to do something with that. Yeah, Um, you know, add points, deduct points, something. I, I don't know. Um. So, this would be a way to send data back. And the catch is, the data does not get directly sent back to the server. It gets kind of put on a queue and then the next time a text query gets sent back either because the user has said something Or because you've issued send text query This additional data gets sent back with it. So it's kind of the exact opposite of the data that gets sent back along with the SSML You can sort of think of it as this is the, the flip side of that. Okay. All right. Um, and this is actually relatively recent addition to Interactive Canvas. This, didn't, this wasn't released when Interactive Canvas was. It was released sometime later. But it's a good way to attach data that you'd never speak that can't really be spoken. Mm-hmm. But you need the server to know it in some ways. And a lot of what I do in a, in a couple of uh, cases where I need this data sent back directly is I will have a send text query event with some keyword that cannot be spoken. Um, and attached to that, I will attach this additional data. And then okay. on the server side, I recognize the fact that I've now spoken this, this unspeakable word. Um, <laughs>
0: the and word handling. that cannot be named. Right.
1: <laughs> uh, and, and the data gets sent back as, I believe it's sent back as a, a parameter, as a parameter like data structure.
0: Okay, interesting. Um, hmm, so so it doesn't. The additional data doesn't actually do anything until you do a send uh, text query no. to make it go.
1: Um, and and that's not obvious, and it's a little confusing yeah. sometimes.
0: All right. So going back to send text query, um, it's it's pretty easy if I if I say an intent and 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 my I just use one of my utterance samples for my intent as the text that I pass in send text query. That makes sense. But um, intents can have you know slots, entities, whatever, whatever we're working on. going can have slots and
1: entities. They so still can. What,
0: so what do you do with that for send text? Is there a certain syntax that you can say, I'm saying this phrase. Um, I guess it would be like saying the whole phrase, right? And it you would can, do the slot picking out of the phrase, the utterance that you say.
1: You're sending a whole phrase, just like you were. Okay. I mean, again, right. think of it as a suggestion, Chip.
0: I, yeah, I get, I get confused on that sometimes because I, keep, I I'm, you know, grew up in the Alexa world where you don't actually have the access to the full text of what the person said. You'd...
1: Well, so here's the thing. I mean, you know, if you want, you can make it so that you only care about, the sl- about a particular slot that mm-hmm. gets filled. So, you know, for example, on Crosstalk, uh, it presents a list of games that are available. Okay. And when it, it sends that back, you know, when you can touch one of the buttons to select a game, and what it sends back is the game code along with some additional text to say, pick game, game code. I have uh, an intent that handles that and picks out just the game code as the slot.
0: Okay. All right. That's interesting.
1: And then it gets handled.
0: All right. So you could, so you can um, pass something that's not really something that the user would say and still be able to interpret it. Or you can do the, the whole phrase, like somebody spoke it and it's just a Another voice command right. that's already as, being handled.
1: Again, it falls back to existing rules of how we handle intents and how we handle uh, entity types and how we handle slot filling and so forth.
0: Okay, so all right. No, that's good to know. All right, that makes more sense. Um, I guess anything else that we need to know as far as the 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 code that's that's being run on the on the browser?
1: I think the the big thing to remember is again, keep in mind. This is more or less Chrome, so there's lots and lots you can do with it. Use your existing HTML, JavaScript, CSS work to, to develop it. Right. Uh, use whatever single-page web app you, technology you like from you know, React, uh, Vue.js, whatever. If, you are, you know, if there are game engines that are, you are used to using, give them a try. Most of them will work okay. I haven't tested most of them myself, but from what I've been told, if they work in Chrome, They've got a really good chance of working in JavaScript or you know, so in you know, Canvas.
0: One of the ones that I've heard is, is like Phaser. So there's there's a number of different ones out there. Though if you if you're sp- building specifically a game and you're used to that, uh, and you and you definitely want it more you know, interactive, then that might be a way to go. If you mm-hmm. want something that's more, uh, you know maybe it's more of a quiz show uh, type of um, experience want to show different screens with data and you don't necessarily need to have all the different sprites going around the screen or different things like that, then you could use a single page application um, framework. So you've got lots of different options, right?
1: Yep. One other thing to point out is if you are building things in WebAssembly, even WebAssembly works on this. So, you know, you can compile from other languages into WebAssembly and it should work okay.
0: Oh, wow, that's interesting.
1: So, you know, there there are limitations. You know, there are memory limitations because some of these devices are not, you know, uh, as much memory as a browser might have. Right. Um, there are certainly storage limitations, uh, but any storage that you're planning on doing, those you should be coordinating with the, let let the assistant do that as part of user or session storage,
0: yeah, uh, not agreed. as your
1: own cookie storage or your own local database. Um, yeah. Other just, than that, it's pretty much what you expect. Oh, pop-up boxes also aren't supported. Okay.
0: <laughs> so um, I mentioned before there there is a, a a parallel technology that I'll be diving into, um, you know, at some point this, <laughs> this year. Um, I, I, I I did spend quite a bit of time adding APL to uh, Snatchword, but if I don't know, I'm, I'm I think I'm after I get Interactive Canvas working i might go ahead and and see what um what works and what doesn't work with web api for games um
1: i'm really oh, curious a to do the comparison and, and see yeah. exactly how they play out together
0: yeah no de- definitely we'll talk about this on a, on a future show i have a question what is uh continuous, continuous
1: what is, is it's a new thing mode. that
0: match mode yeah what is that
1: so we've talked about, so, so earlier we talked about how the microphone is open and what you say gets sent back to the server. Continuous match mode is one of those exceptions. So in continuous, if you enable continuous match mode, you have to warn the user that the microphone is left on. Okay. And the microphone is left on listening for a list of words that you give it, and only those words. And until one of those words is said, Nothing happens, and the big kicker is that this is all handled locally. Oh, so, interesting! So nothing gets sent back to the server until a word matches. At which point, you can now you know it, it now resumes normal flow. You can send something to the server, but you don't have to. Audio is still expected to come back from the server, so that's how audio is done. Uh, you can set a timer to timeout, and that'll trigger something on the Server, server. but continuous match mode handles a limited number of words, and I don't know how many, strictly locally. And to to be clear, this isn't, I give it a number of phrases and it can do slot filling and and different intent. You're not building intents, you're listing words. And that's it. So as an example, I could not use this for crosstalk because I want people to be able to fill in the the crossword puzzle answers with with whatever word they want but some uh there are some games that are currently out there that are using an early test version of continuous match mode and what you know the name of some of them i've forgotten but you know it starts to draw something and people start shouting out what they think it is okay and when they shout out the thing that it is everything stops and you know you've won that round so okay, there's no, an example where continuous match mode works really well.
0: All right. So, the, um, so it's on the client, so it's fast, um, but it's limited to um, specific words for safety, security purposes. Yep. Um,
1: and it has to warn you before it does so, again, okay. for safety and security purposes. And there is a time limit. So Google enforces a time limit, and I don't know, again, I don't know yeah. exactly what the time limit is. But you can't just go into continuous match mode and start recording everything that's going on. Yeah, not not going to work.
0: That's good. That's yeah, <laughs> I, lo- I like that. But no, that that does open up some additional um, game ideas. Like, a, um, like I could do something in Snatchword, like a mini game or something like that. That that uh, you um, I, you try to guess a certain word or something with a clue. The, of the day i don't know yeah but, i don't know I'm thinking that's it's thinking interesting,
1: about. but again, one of the things to keep in mind is that it's only available as part of the interactive canvas, so it, you you there's no equivalent on a speaker only device
0: right no that's true. I know that there's things that you can do with uh, with normal interaction with Google assistant with the keyboard um, i does anything like that open up for for uh, interactive canvas?
1: Not really. The, that's actually an interesting uh, question, and the answer is not really because there is no default way on the hub to get a keyboard.
0: So you'd have you'd have to like program your own keyboard, like uh, right on the on the device itself. There's no there is no okay, hmm.
1: and and that's not infeasible, but uh, I'm not entirely sure that's practical for a lot of things yeah um and i think you know we have heard that related to completely other projects there may be something like that coming this year oh, okay. so they've, they've, they've hinted that for transactions they may introduce a numeric keypad that's available for uh hubs i don't know I don't know what that's gonna look like. I don't know how much access we'll have access to. I don't know anything.
0: Well, it'd be interesting because that'd be like then some built-in controls as part of the hub, which you may or may not be in some future time be able to call from your interactive canvas.
1: Right, or it starts introducing a a new form of interaction on the display and maybe you'll start adopting that for games as well. I don't know.
0: All right. It's something to think about
1: though. But in terms of other, it, it occurs to me in terms of other things that are built in, so so keyboards probably aren't going to be built in, which yeah. means that a lot of form controls probably also aren't built in. So if you're, you're used to that or thinking about that, I haven't played around with it much, but you may not want to assume that.
0: But, but you um, could um, do do toggles and checkboxes and things like that if you have like a settings page or something.
1: Right. The other interesting thing that it, it does support as part of HTML5 is the media tag in HTML5. So you can play local audio in addition to the audio that gets sent in, and you can play video through
0: a video player. Oh, interesting. So you can have as part of your game, um, I guess you could have like a video splash screen to start off with if you wanted to do that A video
1: splash screen or an embedded video player or- local audio so there is a very rich media control api that's part of html which lets you do some really interesting things
0: interesting okay
1: so again a lot of options there don't know (laughs) how you can use them but there are a lot of lot of things to play with very cool no this has been a great discussion
0: on on interactive canvas i understand it quite a bit better than i i did going into it so thank you ellen
1: Interactive Canvas is really one of my favorite technologies that they've introduced for the Assistant, and I would love to see it expand more. As I said, I'd love to see it go beyond games. And the team has said they're interested in hearing ideas, but they kind of need to hear the ideas. They need to see concrete ways of how would people use Interactive Canvas not in a game, or now not in education and not in storytelling. Yeah. So. I think okay. the more example cases that we can give them and come up with and make them concrete examples, not just, oh, I'd, I'd love to use that for business. Well, how? How, oh, yeah. You know, what is what does voice control mean when I can now say I want something and have a chart appear and say, well, what if this was this and have the chart dynamically adjust on the screen? How would... What does that mean? What does that do for us? Yeah. Those are no. Places where I think interactive canvas will start getting really cool.
0: Yeah, no, I could see definitely like business um uses, uh, dashboards, KPIs, uh interactive charts. Yeah, yep. I could I could see that.
1: So I think there's a lot of potential out there. And the best part of this in my mind is it's just HTML. It's the stuff we already know.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's uh yeah, having uh gone over that <clears throat> hurdle of uh, you know, Alexa presentation language just being something that's, that does the same purpose but completely different. Um, it, it, there is definitely a, a challenge to that and be able to go back and and use the web technology that you already know to do things is, is uh, definitely a, a big promoter for me. I, I like that idea a lot.
1: So, so. And I think the other... Again, interesting thing, I don't think a lot of people have thought about is, again, this is now code running on a local device. Yep. So, and we're seeing this with continuous match mode is that's more code running on a local device. So more and more, we're seeing the possibility of things living in two worlds. You know, yep. More and more voice stuff can be handled locally, but we're still gonna need the cloud sometimes. And how do we smoothly transition between the two? I think these are gonna be questions that will be hopefully we will be talking about for a long time on yes, the show. I, and and I encourage you know people who are watching this to, to share, how do you see that using, how do you see using interactive canvas, both for a game and beyond games? You know, what, what other stuff do you want it to use? And what do you feel like you don't know to help you do that? What can we do to help you get to the point where you can create great stuff with voice, with interactive canvas, with APL, with you know the web yeah. games API, what what more do you need? What questions do you have?
0: Yeah, so definitely please ask your questions. Also share your experiences of, of using it, what you like, what you don't like, um, and share the things that you've built. We'd love to to play around with some of the interactive canvas stuff that you've done or your vo- other voice experiences that you create.
1: Feel free to send it to us, and uh, we'll talk about it another time. On two voice devs,
0: two voice devs, take care, everybody.
1: Take care.